0: is over, no more birds to sing their songs, steps, my dirty tracks left in the snow, bruised and battered, I've gone as far as I can. See you in the candle, light beyond the trees. Hear your voice now from the distance, calling out to me. Come on in from the cold, come on in from the
1: Welcome to Orchard Hill Church. Uh, thank you for spending part of your Christmas Eve with us. Uh, I also want to extend a welcome to those who are in the sanctuary or those who are joining us online. As a reminder, uh, you can scan that QR code in, on the back of that chair in front of you. And you can get additional information on all the things that are happening here at Orchard. And, uh, you know, ways to get connected and next steps. And also, as a reminder, moms, if you are looking for a quiet space during the service, there is a moms room that is open in the back of this, uh, back of the community center, and you are free to use that whenever you would like. Um, Again, I just want to thank you all for being here with us. It's wonderful uh, to come and to spend Christmas Eve uh, together worshiping, singing some Christmas carols, and then at the end, uh, lighting some candles. And so I'll give you some instructions here in just a little bit. Uh, At this time, I am going to invite those who are taking the offering uh, to come forward and go ahead and get that started. There are many ways that you can give here at Orchard. Uh, You can actually give uh, as that plate passes you by. You can use the Push Pay app, uh, or you can actually go online to orchardhillchurch.org and give that way. Uh, also, for those who are watching at home, uh, if you want to find ways to give or just to get some additional information, you can text Central to 319 553 6690, and uh, you can, again, find ways to give and get additional information. Uh, I also want to invite you back to Orchard. If you are new and you're looking for a church home, we want to invite you back on a Sunday morning. We have lots of services. We're one church on three campuses. Uh, We have uh, services at 9 and 1030 here in Cedar Falls, the same in our Grundy campus, and then at 9 a.m. in our Waverly campus. So we want to invite you back uh, to join us on a Sunday morning. But just as a reminder... The next Sunday, December 31st, we will not have in-person services at any of our campuses. We're actually going to go online that Sunday. It is going to be a fun, uh, inspiring, and an interactive service. So I do want to encourage you to actually go online uh, and interact with us. You're going to have some opportunities to send us some pictures or actually to share some things about you and your family on that morning. So December 31st, again, online only, so join us. And then we'll, we'll be back in person on January 7th, starting our new series, uh, Everyday Moments. And How do we see God working in the everyday moments? And so I'm looking forward to that series, and I do hope that you will join us. Uh, Again, go online, and you can get all the service times across all of our campuses. Uh, As I said, we are going to light some candles uh, at the end of the service. And so I'm going to invite my friend Dan up here, and you'll recognize him because you just saw him in the video. Uh, He's going to help actually... uh, Teach us how to light some candles. But first, hey, I just have a question for you. Yeah. Do you know how the angels light candles? Carefully. With a match made in heaven. Right. I know. Well yeah, I know. It's a good dad joke, isn't it? All right. Okay, so here, this is really important. So we're actually going to come and we're going to light candles uh, on the outside of your aisles. And so we're going to do it like this. And then Dan, so I have the lit candle. And Dan has the unlit candle. And so you're going to take the unlit candle and you're going to tip it into the lit candle just like that. All right. And then you're going to do that all the way down your aisle. And this room is going to glow and it's going to be amazing. And then we're going to stand and we're going to sing some Christmas carols together after that. So, Dan, do you know uh, how you're supposed to blow them out? And Do you want to show them? Carefully putting your hand in front just like that, and then you blow it out, because you don't want to, yeah, you don't want wax all over the person in front of you, or as I used to say to my kids when they were little, I don't want you to set anybody's hair on fire, so there we go, okay, all right, thanks, do you want to take that one? All right, so I'm going to ask you all at this time to, I'm actually going to pray, and then I'm going to ask you to stand, and then we're going to sing again. Thank you for your help, I appreciate it. All right, let's pray. Uh, Heavenly Father, thank you for this opportunity that we get to come and we get to gather and we get to celebrate the birth of your son um, the king of kings the messiah jesus and lord i just pray that whatever we walked in with uh, that we can just lay that down and we can surrender that and open our hands um, and our hearts to hear what jeff has to say tonight um This is a season of waiting that we've all been in, Lord. And we've waited uh, for the arrival of your son, your son who you sent uh, to save us, uh, to save us from our sin. And, Lord, we just uh, pray for this night and just for your spirit to move. And um, we pray this all in your son's name. Amen. All right. Will you guys stand and join us in uh, singing some Christmas carols?
2: I invite you now to listen to the story of the birth of Jesus, God's Son, the Savior of the world, as told in the Gospel of Luke. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. and will be called the Son of the Most High. "'I am the Lord's servant,' Mary answered. "'May it be to me according to your word.'" Then the angel left her. So Joseph went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. And she, and she wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there were no guest rooms available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the flocks nearby, living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Don't be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people today. In the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them,
3: It's by thine advent here, disperse the gloomy clouds
4: of night,
3: and death's dark shadow
5: It's here, you guys are here, almost it's here anyway, and uh, we're glad that you're here to celebrate with us. I wanna join Randy and our staff and just say thank you so much for coming out tonight amidst the busy holiday schedules and your crammed work weeks and the family celebrations and choosing to celebrate uh, the birth of Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. We've been waiting for quite a while for this. Um, We're actually uh, in the final week of Advent with The final Sunday of Advent being Christmas Eve. It's amazing. And finally Christmas is here, right? The season of great expectation and now Christmas is here and the wait is over. And the only thing left to do is to find out, was the wait worth it? Was the wait worth it? One of my favorite things about Advent while we're waiting for Christmas is all the photos that we get in the mail. And we get to see friends that we haven't seen probably since like last year's picture. And my wife hangs them up all on a string on the wall that kind of hangs in our kitchen and they stay up all year long. And the people are looking so good, right? Like some of them are from you, you guys look so good. And then sometimes there's the letters, right, that sound so amazing. These, these incredible trips people have taken, these amazing accomplishments and wonderful people they've met. And, 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 I, and sometimes my wife will say, what are we doing wrong? And I have to remind her, I said, they're sharing their highlight reel. These are their their special moments, and you don't need these because you have me. (laughs) 24-7, 365. It's a good practice for us to actually take note, I think, of all the good that we experienced throughout the year, um, to share our gratitude with our friends and our family. And I also think it's good for us to reflect on how we lived our lives between those highlights because the truth is, we spend way more time between those special moments, waiting for the next highlight than actually living the highlights, don't we? We spend a lot of time waiting. We wait in line, we wait on hold, wait for the light to turn green, we wait to zipper out of a crowded parking lot after a big event. Waiting for vacation, waiting for Christmas morning, or some of you young ones maybe just waiting for me to get done talking so you can go home and open presents. A week from now, I'm gonna start that long, painful wait for signs of spring. It hasn't even been bad yet, and I know I'm already going to be looking for at least more light, more sunlight. We're all waiting for something. And for some of us, it's, it's more serious waiting waiting for an apology or forgiveness, for a relationship to be restored. One of my friends has been waiting for a job offer for more than two months. Others are waiting for test results to find out next steps. or maybe they're waiting for a miracle. And still others who wait and wonder, will they ever get relief from the pain or the grief that they're experiencing? Will they ever have answers? And The truth is, is many of us are waiting for many things all at once. And waiting stirs up all kinds of things inside of us. Impatience, expectation, hope. Or maybe it's fear, anxiety, frustration, exhaustion. What gets stirred up in you when you wait? Anybody ever wonder while they're waiting, does God see me? Does God see what I'm going through right now? Or have I just fallen completely off of his radar? You know, the good news about Christmas is Christmas, the birth of Jesus reminds us that in our waiting, God is working. And God's work is worth the wait. This is what Christmas tells us, right? God's at work while we're waiting, and it's worth the wait. And no one knew this better than the people in the Christmas story. In fact, the Old Testament prophet Isaiah had spoken to their ancestors at a time when they were in deep, deep need of a rescue. They were in distress, and most of the distress was because of their own unwillingness to listen to God. And rather than than wait for God, they rebelled against him. And they sinned against each other. Even to the point of civil war, which made them vulnerable to attack from outsiders. And eventually that's what happened. Enemies took their land and destroyed it. And they entered into a season of famine and and hunger, and people were captured and exiled and then enslaved for decades. And Isaiah described this time as a time of fearful gloom and utter darkness. But in the midst of this time, right while all this was happening, God gave Isaiah a message to encourage his people. And here's what he said. This is the message, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. For to us, a child is born, and to us, a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. Isaiah says, listen up. God, God, I met with God and he told me, he gave me this message to give to you. He said, this time of darkness and despair isn't going to last In fact, I already see light beginning to shine in the dark. And with it, there's a time of joy and a time of prosperity coming. God has promised to send someone to save us. It's going to be a child, a a son, who's going to grow up to become a king. And this king will establish a whole new rule. And he's going to be called by a whole bunch of names, like Wonderful Counselor and Mighty God and Everlasting Father and Prince of Peace, and he will establish peace on earth. And this peace and his rule, his government, is never going to end. It will last forever. Now, Usually when Isaiah spoke to his people, he was a bit more of a Debbie Downer. <laughs> like, wah, wah. In fact, he was the one who told them ahead of time that, hey, listen, um, You're about to lose your homes. We're about to lose our our nation. We're about to be enslaved. Things are going to get get really, really bad. So when the people hear Isaiah sharing good news with them, they must have been like, whoa, what's gotten into you, Zay? (laughs) What's this all about, right? That's the most promising thing you've ever shared with us. And I wonder if they started talking with each other about it. And I wonder if they maybe even allowed themselves to hope a little bit Maybe they started asking each other, when is this thing going to actually happen? And somebody said, go ask Isaiah, ask him. And so somebody comes up and says, when's this going to happen? And Isaiah just looks at him and says, you know what? God didn't say when. God just said, this is what I'm going to do. Be patient. God always delivers On his promises. Just wait. And so they wait. And their kids wait. And their kids, kids. And generation after generation passes. Can you feel this wait? 700 years of waiting, most of it in darkness and despair. And then suddenly, one night, out in the middle of a field, an angel appears to some shepherds and their sheep. Right, And the glory of God, it says, shines around them. This light breaks through the darkness, and they're sore afraid. But the angel says, don't be. I've got good news for you. It's, it's great joy for you and everybody else. Today, in the town of David, a Savior will be born to you, has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. He is the King. And this will be the sign. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And again, suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. You know, Most of the time when I'm waiting a long time for something, I get kind of frustrated. And maybe I, I lose hope or I just give up waiting for it. It's either that or I build up so much expectation, so much hype that I'm disappointed when it finally comes. It's kind of like all spring and all summer, I wait around for college football to roll around again, and finally it comes, and one game into the season, I'm like, you're telling me there's still no offense? I'm so disappointed, I'm like, why did I let my friend Mike... Talk me into believing that something was going to be different this year. And then they win. And I'm still not sure it was worth the wait. That's not what's happening in the Christmas story. Is it? I mean, God, after 700 years, suddenly fulfills his promise. But the whole promise... 2,000 years after the first Christmas, aren't we still waiting? How many of us are wondering, is it worth the wait? You know, it's true. Not all of God's promises have been fulfilled. But I want to assure you that the birth of Jesus is God coming through and delivering on his promise. I want you to take a look at the comparison of these different verses from Isaiah and Luke in the scripture. And look at what Isaiah says when he says, a light will dawn in the dark. And now, suddenly Luke says, the glory of the Lord shone all around them, it shines down in the middle of the darkness on some shepherds. In fact, after Jesus grows up, he uses Isaiah's very words here, and he says, to the people who sat in darkness, they have seen a great light. I am that light, Jesus says. Isaiah said a child would be born, a son would be given. And Luke says, yes, look, today a baby has been born and he will be. Right? He says he, a little baby boy, but not just any baby boy. Isaiah promised he'd be a leader. He'd be a king who would establish a new government and his rule and his peace will last forever. And the angels declare, this is the one who will save you, the Messiah, the Lord, who will establish a new government. And the angels sing, glory to God in the highest and peace to people on earth, now and forevermore. And then we see these shepherds, right? They go off and they see this baby and they leave rejoicing, the first of many. For this good news was of great joy for all People. Just as God had promised, he begins to enlarge his nation and increase their joy. Ladies and gentlemen, this is God fulfilling his promise. The halls are decked, the angels have harked, the sheep have sang, fa la 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 la. And yes, we continue to wait for Jesus to return and fulfill the rest of God's promises. But the birth of Jesus reminds us that in our waiting, God is working. And God's work is worth the wait. Last week, I, uh, I had to order a couple of passport photos, to get my passport renewed for my son's uh, destination wedding in August. And the order got messed up, uh, so I had to seek support from an online agent. Yeah, we know how that goes, right? Nobody's got time for that this time of year. And, uh, and so I get online, and um, Helen Grace enters the chat room. And it was amazing. She had my problem resolved in less than 10 minutes. And then she gives me a $5 gift card for my next purchase. And I think sometimes God's just like this, right? We experience a kind of faith-building assurance of his immediate presence. And sometimes we get to experience God's faith-building grace when he delivers in ways beyond what we could imagine or hope for and in very personal ways. But more oftentimes, it seems like God likes to take his time. He doesn't always show up At our appointed time, when we need him most, it can feel like God's nowhere to be found, like he's left us. And we might start to write a story in our heads about who God is, or who we are, and it's not helpful, or true. But we worry, and we complain, and we lose hope, as we forget the promise Jesus' birth fulfilled. Or maybe we just don't fully understand who he is or how he's working while we wait. Isaiah gives us some hints. He says, you know, Jesus is Emmanuel, God, with us. And even in our waiting, he is with us and he is working. And Isaiah says he's working in some specific ways. Isaiah first says Jesus is going to be called Wonderful Counselor. And that word wonderful, you know, like we use it today and it means, oh, isn't that lovely? Isn't that great, right? Not in, not in Isaiah's day. In Isaiah's day, it meant incomprehensible, like in a mind-blowing way. It's just kind of like how Jesus would know people's thoughts, what was on their mind, what was in their hearts before they would even say a word. How did he know that? It kind of blows your mind. I think also as a counselor, right, the, the kind of wisdom that Jesus has to offer us. He waits with us, and he waits on us to seek him for his guidance and encouragement. He is the wonderful, mind-blowing counselor who helps us process whatever it is we're facing, not just with worldly knowledge and wisdom, but with God's perspective and God's truth. Second, Isaiah says Jesus will be called Mighty God. And When you read the Gospels, people testify that Jesus performed powerful miracles and he taught with authority unlike anyone else they had ever experienced before. I mean, people would touch Jesus' clothes and power would go out from him and they would be healed. The Apostle Paul was blinded by Jesus and his life was radically changed And and Paul says that all of these miracles are God's public endorsement that Jesus is mighty God. And then Paul tells us, talk about mind-blowing, he tells us that that same power that did these miracles, that raised Jesus from the dead, is available and at work in everybody who puts their trust in Jesus. Mind-blowing. Third, Isaiah says, Jesus is everlasting father. And when Isaiah was alive, kings and rulers were considered the fathers of their nations. And this wasn't like, you know, a founding father like George Washington. This was like, actually like the father of a family, like a really big family. And it was the father's role to protect and provide for the people in his nation, for his children. And I know it's confusing maybe to call Jesus, God's son, father What Isaiah is telling us that Jesus is fulfilling a role while we wait as our protector and provider. And he will fulfill this role forever. And then finally Isaiah says Jesus will be called Prince of Peace. This might be the hardest one for us to see. We look around the world. We see Russia and Ukraine at war. Israel, and Hamas. We look at our own government and see all kinds of turbulence. Heck, right in our own families, peace can be hard to find. I think sometimes at this time of year we find more peace in Xanax and Zoloth than we do in Jesus. But again, Isaiah wasn't talking about physical safety or political harmony when he said, Jesus will be the Prince of Peace. Isaiah was talking about the peace or the oneness that we can now have with God because of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. Before this, our sin made us enemies with God. But then this little baby Jesus grows up and he takes our sin with him to the cross and he pays the penalty for our sin with his own death. And he wins our freedom and life with his victory over the grave. So through his resurrection, we are restored to a relationship of deep peace with God that will last forever. God is not angry with you. God does not hate you. God is at peace with you and he offers you his peace. This is why Jesus is called Prince of Peace. And Isaiah encourages us to remember who Jesus is and that in our waiting, God is working powerfully as our wonderful counselor and our mighty God, our everlasting father, our prince of peace. That's Emmanuel. That's God with us and God for us. And waiting on God and with God, it doesn't change our circumstances a lot of times doesn't fix our broken relationships it doesn't solve our financial crisis remove our pain or our need for healing or our grief it doesn't change the fact that your overbearing uncle is going to annoy you and challenge your patience at christmas this year but isaiah says people who wait on god will renew their strength and soar on wings like eagles they will run and not grow weary and when we allow God to rule in our hearts and in our minds and to lead our lives, life doesn't get easier. We get stronger. Our circumstances don't necessarily get any easier, but we get stronger. We develop perseverance and character and hope And hope in this wonderful counselor, this mighty God, this everlasting provider and protector, this Prince of Peace, does not disappoint. That kind of hope is worth the wait. And I know it's still hard. We live in a day and an age where we can go and get pretty much anything we want or think we need or something that we need to feel a certain way. And I know I'm not very patient. It's a lot easier for me to just take matters into my own hands and and try to make things work. I can get so hyper-focused on what I want or think I need that I actually stop seeking God for what I really need. And I also stop saying thank you, and I trust you, and I love you, and my heart grows cold, and I get tired mentally and physically. God knows we get tired. He knows we get restless. But God's up to something more as we wait. He actually wants to grow our capacity to experience the fullness of his glory. And that word glory literally means a heavy weight. It refers to the the fullness of God's goodness and his power, One author says it's like a tsunami of God's greatest characteristics. So he's actually working as we wait to grow our capacity to experience this tsunami, the full weight of the biggest and best things about who he is and the power that resurrects. Christmas reminds us that in our waiting, God is working and God's work is worth the weight. The weight of that glory he wants to bestow upon us. I mentioned earlier some of my friends who are going through seasons of waiting on some heavy things. The one who's looking for a job has had financial difficulties in place and, and, um, and he's waiting. But as he's waiting, he's seeing God show up in amazing ways as God sends friends and sends the church around him and his family to encourage them and provide for some of his needs. And I asked him a little bit, and he texted me, he said, what he sees God doing is God's working to lessen his tendency to worry. God's deepening his faith through this time of waiting. Another friend is waiting on a miracle. And he reached out to friends and he asked them to join his family. He had asked them to join him and his family in praying. And many of them have asked their friends and he's got people and churches all over the world praying for him. And when I talk to him, I just sense this deep sense of peace, right? That's beyond understanding as he waits. Just a little of God's glory. It's just like Paul taught. Don't let anxiety overtake you as you wait. But by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God and the peace of God that transcends all understanding will protect your heart in Christ Jesus. Worshiping with music, enjoying God's creation, those are a couple ways that help me while I wait to shift my focus off of my own self and my own worries, my own fears and negative thinking, and focus on God. It doesn't always speed up the waiting time, but it does deepen my trust, my connection with God, and it strengthens my hope as I wait. We're all waiting for something. Something. Ultimately, we wait for Jesus to come again and make all things new. So as you wait, how might you allow Jesus to renew your strength and your hope? Will you pray with me? Father, Christmas does remind us, your birth reminds us that you are here and you are with us and you are the mighty God. And you are the wonderful counselor, the the one with incomprehensible ability to meet our needs and to bring encouragement and to renew our strength and give us peace that surpasses understanding. And it's your desire, Lord, that our peace with you would last forever. God, we struggle as we wait sometimes to keep that connection with you. But Lord, may we... May we be people who present our petitions and our requests to you. May we continue to trust you and may we look for the ways you are meeting us as maybe we sit in darkness or sit in hard situations and wait for you. And maybe hold on to the promise, Lord, that you are with us and you are renewing us inwardly, even as our outward body may decay. God, thank you for the hope of Christmas. Thank you for the birth of Jesus. And uh, help us to listen now to these words as we remember again, Lord, in another beautiful way of how your light pierces the darkness all around us. It's your name we pray, amen. To those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned and the people rejoice. <laughs> Glory to the light of the world. Glory to God on high. You know, God sent that light into the world and he never meant for us to cover it up and keep it to ourselves as we wait. And he meant for us to, to share it with others and actually to run into the darkness and find those who need it and to share it with them. So tonight as we come and come and come over and get these candles started lighting and as we pass this light maybe you're someone who needs that light right now you're desperately waiting and you can just receive this light that God is bringing into your life and maybe you need to share with him your petitions and your needs of how you need him to show up and then just receive his peace or maybe you're somebody who's ready to pass that light on that he's given to you and who is it around you who is it in your world that maybe you need to share some light with this Christmas a couple things to think about as we share this light
0: As you're able as we sing this last song out together. Joy to the world.
5: pray that this light will go with you as you leave from here, and that you will share it with others around you so that that light can continue to grow. And I don't know if you're going to have a suddenly moment this Christmas, right, where all of a sudden he proves the wonder of his love to you. I pray that that happens. But if not, know that God is with you as you're waiting, and know that he's working as your wonderful counselor and your mighty God and your everlasting Father and your Prince of Peace. And he's increasing your capacity to be able to hold the fullness of his glory. That's worth celebrating. So I hope you go and celebrate and have a great Christmas. Thanks again for being here.